One of the most effective ways to grow your business and your bottom line is to build an effective and easy-to-use website, which is easy on the eyes. And at Spiro Websites, they're dedicated to helping you with all the nerd stuff so you can focus on your business by building you a custom website or giving you the tools to build a template for yourself. Justin Rule is the owner of Spiro Websites. He joined me this week to discuss effective website building, how you can maximize your profits through your website, and to share a piece of his personal journey, which included him being born with cerebral palsy and being declared clinically deaf, how he overcame those obstacles to walk again, and to hear what the world has to offer. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Justin, if you're ready, we'll welcome you to the program, and we're excited to talk a bunch of website stuff with you this morning. Thanks so much uh, for being here. Awesome, man. I'm ready. So, Justin, I know your uh, business model is you help people get excited about their uh, business by building them a hybrid between uh, custom websites and templates. So I'm just wondering if you can start off by telling me a little bit more about your business model and how it works. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we started our business because there wasn't, in our opinion, a good fit between that, right? Like the custom website is something that costs people, if not tens of thousands of dollars. And then the other option that was like free out of the box kind of template stuff that you essentially would get for free right and um the more we like worked with small business and nonprofit and you know entrepreneurs especially we're like okay these free things i mean they get off the ground but they're not really built smart they might look pretty but they're not really smart and then nobody oh the average entrepreneur in, in average america doesn't have that ten twenty thousand dollar tucked away to build a website. So we tried to find a place where we could build on our knowledge of like what makes a website work? How does it uh, function right? What are the best practices? Um, and, and be like, right, like you said, in between that space of like free, but, uh, or not free, but not necessarily paying so much. And we do that by like uh, following trends and like research and building out what we call a framework. We kind of make sure that the guts of the site 
follow a proven framework. Um, yeah, does that, does that make sense? Like we compare it to a house, man. You don't just, you don't just go to someone and say like, hey, I want to build a house. And they're like, great, where do you want the front door? Well, I'd like it on the second floor. That looks cool to me. Like that doesn't make sense. Similarly on a website, you kind of, there's, there's patterns and there's things that you can do that, that will just work. Now you tell people on your website that you take care of the geek stuff so that they can take care of their of the, the guts of running their business. So does that sort of inter, intermingle with that point as well? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I had been designing websites for like a decade before I met my now business partner, Adam. Adam, like, eats, sleeps, and drinks nerd juice, man. He'll, he'll, he, he's up on the blogs and the feeds that I'm not following. He, he's following trends and, and all this, like, conversion data. And I'm just building the pretty stuff. So when we blend those two, it really helps us to... Yeah, we do the nerd stuff so that you can keep flipping pizzas or, you know, selling insurance or painting houses or whatever you do as a hardworking business owner. And I'm just curious, what's the best part for you working with small business owners to give them sort of their voice through their website? I mean, what I like the most is being just, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of, you know, everybody right there's 10,000 new posts every day or articles every day on what you should be doing what i like doing is it kind of being a trusted source that simplifies um just like look there's a million things you could do but here's one thing you should do and you'll actually see results so i really like helping them get their ideas you know getting their businesses kind of out of their head out of the the the, the dark space so to speak and coming into the light so people can find them that's that's what i love doing and, and not taking their bank account in the process, to be honest. Well, well I'm sure uh, you get business that way too, right? So it's a catch to want to do if you help people with uh, an effective pro- product and you don't bankrupt them, right? So it yeah. wor- works both ways. But I'm also curious to know, um, how do you think uh, website marketing has evolved uh, in the last five to 10 years? This is, this is a great question because it's changed a lot. Um, you know, it used to be like, how many times can you get your keyword or your town name on your page? You know what I'm saying? Like people, like in my industry, they try and like fit all these words in just to like rank for a word. And it was all about um, almost like tr- tricking the system. It kind of was like, if you figure out how the system works, then use the system to your advantage. Like that seems to be a trend of people in life, right? Um, <laughs> not just websites, but on a website now as like being Yahoo, Google primarily um, get smarter, they kind of look at a business website at, as a whole, like as a, they call it like a, as an entity really to try and understand um, what you do so that they can serve a result that's relevant to the customer, right? So, I mean, if you search for, pizza shops in Windsor, like ultimately if Google shows you five cool websites, but none of them resonate with you as a person, what do you, you're going to go to one of those websites, check out the pizza. It's not your style, not your flavor. And it's not even close to your house. And you're going to jump back to Google. Well, Google knows that if you keep doing that a lot, you're going to find someone else to search with because Google's not giving you a good result. Does that make sense? So like 
So now Google tries to find out, wait, what kind of pizza shop are you? Like, who are you, Kevin? And who is this pizza shop? And is there a good fit between you? Should I show you this website to get this service? That's, that's how it's evolved. And so what's cool about that is the small business owner can now like unapologetically be themselves on their website. You know what I mean? So, so you can say like the difference between saying, so why don't you come by for a visit and just saying, contact us or, you know, why don't you ding our bell versus, you know, here's our address. Like you can actually infuse your like tone and your character. Your into- personality, right? That's- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool. It's cool. And you can kind of do that and help people filter whether or not they like you before they even meet you in person a little bit. That's kind of how it Now, if you were uh, asked to give like one to two concrete messages to small business owners about building a uh, website, what would you tell them? I would say, so first thing, all the time, every time, uh, just keep it simple. Man, you can get lost in the details. There's 10,000 things you should do, you know, if you read and follow everything. Just keep it simple. Like, you know, people, they're going to keep it simple. And, and actually, maybe another tip would be like, they're only going to visit three to four pages on your site. So they're going to come to your page. They want to know about you as a business owner, why you do what you do. Because we look, we can all price shop, right? For our painting service or for the pizza. But if, if I somehow resonate with you as the business owner, maybe your story, maybe where you were born, where you grew up, maybe why you do what you do, you started from nothing or whatever, then now we've connected beyond just the service. So number one, just like keep it simple. So it's like, you know, you don't have to have 10 million pages and 10 million articles and 10, like keep it simple and keep it authentic. So it's kind of back to that point. Like, don't be afraid to infuse your personality, man. If, if you know you're like i mean for me like i'm allergy show you around like this is this is sparrow man like we renovated this garage and like we've got brick walls and we've got stuff and we don't try and hide that like we're not trying to be some posh digital agency this is this is who we are if if you don't like us in a t-shirt and jeans then and you wanted someone to show up to pitch you a website in a tie and pants well it's just not it wouldn't be you yeah um you've brought You've referenced pizza like three or four times since we started this. So I'll, I'll uh, sort of go off the beaten path just for a second. What's your uh, favorite type of pizza, buddy? Man, everything. Dump the whole kitchen sink on it except for olives. Don't put olives on it. You're not an olive Why are you not an olive guy? I don't like olives either, but why, why aren't you an olive guy? No, I mean, my wife slowly gets me uh, to like things that I never like. So ask me in a little in a year and I'll like olives, but mm, I don't know. They just, they, I don't know. Are they bitter? Are they salty? I don't even know what it is, but. Um. So what, so what's your favorite pizza joint in uh, Pennsylvania, buddy, where you're based? You know what? The, the crazy thing about it is the best pizza is not in Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm going to like get it from a bunch of my clients that I help. It's in Columbus, Ohio, in this place called Tommy's and it's like a saltine crust. Pizza, I don't even, I never even had it. I mean, when I, that's where I grew up in Columbus. And I would, I'm not even 
kidding, Kevin. I would drive home, like you think I'm going home for like mama's cooking. She even gets a little bit, you know, hot under the collar. So I'm like, mom, I'm excited to see you this Christmas. Can we go to Tommy's? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, well, a bunch of Michigan fans are going to watch this podcast, so they're not going to be happy with it, but that's they just, okay. They just turned it off. They're right now. <laughs> <laughs> so when we look at websites and maximizing your profits, buddy, uh, once a website is built, how would you advise the people you work with to uh, maximize their uh, profits by using their uh, website? So I would probably just give two simple points of advice. If you can't do it consistently, don't start it. So for example, you'll hear a lot of, um, you know, people in the digital marketing space say, Hey, you know, blog about this and blog about that and answer this question. If you can't do that consistently, then generally I'd say don't start, you know, um, because honestly, Google will say, oh, cool, you're, you're pushing out articles or blogs or tips and then you stop. Uh, or someone will say, hey, you should start an email campaign. If you can't do it consistently, you know, you're going to shoot out a couple emails and then you're just going to stop and your customers, they're going to wonder what happened to you. So number one, to maximize your profit, whatever you do, do it consistently. Um, and so with that, ironically, the number two to like maximize your profit is to pick one of those things, to pick something where your website isn't turning into like a stale brochure, like a digital brochure. It's got to stay alive. It, you know, you can't be a, a remodeler and people come to your website in winter and they see pictures of summer. You know what I mean? Like the cool house you did. Like, get me a fresh picture of a, a winter exterior renovation or, you know, if you're selling decor, don't be look, don't show me spring decor in the middle of winter. Um, but like, if it's, Hey, I'm going to answer questions or, Hey, I'm going to send out emails. Don't, don't like fall for the, Oh man, we got to do this every week. No, you have to do it consistently. So start out the gate. Look, I'm gonna do this one time a month. I'm gonna sit down with a cup of coffee and I'm gonna send an email to my customers. Boom, it's good. Yeah, so I'm gonna translate that for you. For you, you want people to embrace the grunt work, huh? <laughs> I mean, all business owners know that there's that there's that uh, percentage of grunt work. But honestly, what we try and do as Sparrow is say, you know, it's that eighty twenty rule. Look, twenty percent of what you do is going to get you eighty percent of your results. So, like. Just, you know, we help people really just look, here's the 20%. Can you put a social post out every day? You can, but it's not going to get you a high ROI. Don't even sweat it. Can you write a blog every week? You can, but if you're not going to do it consistently, don't sweat it. Don't even start. Can you hire a professional photographer and spend a few thousand dollars to get sweet images? You can, but guess what? Your iPhone can work just as well. So like, we just want to help people you know, do this simple, basic stuff that's actually going to get a result. And yes, yeah, some of it's a little grunty. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid, huh? Is yeah, it, it is. It is. So I know uh, just uh, shifting gears for a minute, I know we share uh, a bunch of stuff in common. Uh, yeah. I, as you know, that I have uh, cerebral palsy and I know you were born uh, with the same 
Um, so I'm just curious if you can uh, tell me a little bit about your personal life and how your personal journey has affected the person that you are today. Now, I appreciate the question. And uh, man, it's, uh, daily I'm aware of the gift of life I've been given. Um, yeah, I, I was born three and a half months early at the end of the second trimester. And, me too. Uh, yeah? I was born in January. I wasn't supposed to be here until March. Come on, man. We, dude, we have, this is crazy. We got we to gotta stay friends forever. I, so I'm January 12th. I'm just curious. Uh, my birthday is three days after yours. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So, wow. So, so yeah, it came unexpected. Um, was given a 10% chance to live and was a two-pound, four-ouncer. <clears throat> um, and yeah, when, when I was born, so I actually have these papers from Ohio State Medical that show the five of six symptoms of CP that I had. Like, and so that's why, you know, I was, I was diagnosed, you know, my, my shoulders back and the way my wrists were, my knees were, um, all this, you know, obviously this was, um, well, I'll date myself, it was 38 years ago. So um, yeah, that, that happened. And, and I was actually clinically deaf, like, um, till about 19 months and the whole miraculous story behind that but he, here's what I've when you talk about how it's impacted me I mean the night my mom went into labor my late grandma read in the book of Psalms chapter 118 verse 17 that he will not die but will live and declare the works of the Lord and my mom hung on to that verse when doctor said hey this isn't gonna go so well um, the night before I went into to see, hey, where is my deafness in my eardrum, my ear canal, and my brainstem? My, my late grandma read a, uh, in the book of Matthew, she read the scripture where Jesus said, go tell John the deaf hear, the lame walk, um, the blind see. And my dad's name is John. <laughs> I mean, so she was like, whoa, that's crazy. And, and they, you know, I don't know where your listeners are coming from on this, but like, they weren't the type of people that would talk about miracles or any of that crazy stuff. But those are, and I came out of that examination and could hear miraculously, no, no reason. So what I know is like, man, every day is a gift. And whether you have a story like, like mine or yours where we, we shouldn't have survived, but God was good, or you just are born. I mean, the miracle of like life and birth and is just a, still just a gift. So for me, it, it makes me realize I have been given much and so much is expected and much is like, you know, just a, out of a gratefulness of my heart for life. So for me, a lot of times that translates, I mean, I, I've had a crazy skip around career. I, was, I studied oceanography, you know, as a teacher, was cleaning up after, I mean, it's been a crazy career journey, running nonprofits, all this stuff. But the common thread, Kevin, for me is that I'm trying to take the life I've been given and bring to life what other people have been given, whether it's in this case, ideas and small business and bringing to life those things. Um, to me, that's like the thread. That's, I know that, you know, I've been given much. And so if I can help bring life into other people's uh, things that are, are good works, then I'm excited to do that. Now, I'm just curious, uh, what are you hoping uh, your journey uh, to just the basketball team that you have with your five kids? Because I know you've got a lot of kids. So what are you hoping that your journey uh, teaches your kids and 
as, as a lasting legacy for yourself? It's mm. a good question, Kevin. I mean, you know, raising kids is a, there, there's nothing that prepares you for that. And every day I'm learning that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Thank God for my wife. She knows a little more, it seems like. But, um, you know, honestly, my prayer and my hope is that my kids um, grow up and that they're people that are grateful um, just for life, the gift of life. Um, I don't know if they can pick that up from, from necessarily, you know, my journey. Um, I think it's a choice that we have to make where we, we count our blessings every day and we, we look to what we have and not what we don't have. Um, and so there's, there's an element of just being optimistic about life. Um, it, it's honestly a good question. I mean, I hope that they realize that life is about more than themselves. It's about more than putting food on their, their own table or, you know, um, living honestly selfishly. It's, it's really about giving. The Bible says, but puts it that it's, it's better to give than to receive. And so I hope that they can, um, you know, they're, they're going to catch, you know, things from us rather than what we tell them and teach them. Right. So, you know, if I can model a life of giving and, and serving others, then, uh, Hopefully they catch that. And tell me, uh, I know that you had uh, a previous life running a nonprofit. So can you uh, sort of compare and contra uh, contrast for me uh, the difference between running a nonprofit versus running a small business? Yeah, that's, that's another great question. I feel like um, <laughs> what I learned is that when I was running a nonprofit, I started a group called Heads Up and we ran for 10 years. And I feel like um, looking back, a way I could have done that better is, is looked at it as a small business, considered it in the ways and the things we practiced and the things like if I had a, a, a business mindset running the nonprofit business, I probably would have um, approached things a little more strategic and differently, whereas um, there's a great book by an author named Peter Greer um, that talks about the joy of giving. And I feel like I looked at it, um, you, you know, the, the comparison is in a nonprofit, I looked at it as I was asking people to give me money to support a cause. In small business, what, what I tell myself is I'm providing a service for people that um, it's, that there's accompanied by a fair wage or, or cost for that service, right? If I had maybe rethought it or maybe advice even just to nonprofit or entrepreneurs that are looking to give back, like I would almost want to think of it the same way. Look, I'm providing a service in the nonprofit sector. Like I'm doing uh, a service in the community that is worth a fair wage and, and worth a support, a level of support. Cause ultimately that's, that's what happens in small business. We provide something and, and look for the support in return. Um, so I think I, I, I feel like I, um, in my nonprofit years, I, I had a blast serving, but I didn't always maybe um, believe that I was worth a value to ask for in return um, because it always felt like you're asking for a handout. Um, and I think, I don't know if that's a lack of confidence or a lack of, um, you know, yeah, I don't know, just, just value in, in what we're doing. Um, 
And that's probably not a good answer to your question. <laughs> no, it works. Uh, so my final question for you would be, uh, outside of business or in business, how do you think we can be, uh, use uh, creative energy to be successful? Mm. Another great question. I mean, so to me, creativity, uh, like, it's a gift from our creator. So for me, creative energy being being expressed is like not saying this is how we've always done it. And so if we do it this way, we'll get a, uh, you know, this such and such result. To me, that's like a, um, when we, if we just keep doing that, there's a level of like safety in that. Um, but I think there's a level of complacency in that where we say, oh, you know, well, if I know I'm going to get this, then I might as well do that um, because I, you know, I can gauge the return. I think creativity is where we step in and say, hold on, is there a better way? Is there another way? Is there a way that's more authentically me? It might be more risky. Um, I kind of feel like in COVID right now, we're all to some degree like figuring that, that out because the way we did business as usual, whether it's small business or nonprofit or church ministry or what, it's, it's all being blown up in the sense of, we have to think creatively and, and come to, to new ways. So to me, it's a little bit more about listening, listening to people, listening to other opinions, listening to people outside of the bubble that we tend to, to live in as entrepreneurs and small business owners. It's like, because we're just trying to survive a little bit. But if we actually start listening to what our customers want or what they expect, or in, again, whether it's nonprofit or church ministry, we start listening to what people want and need from us. And we're humble enough to say, hmm, I didn't really have it all figured out. I didn't really know everything on my own. I actually need to infuse my ideas with what I'm hearing. I need to change what I think based on what I'm hearing. Um, that's, a, that's a courageous leader. That's a courageous business owner um, that does that. And I think the fruit is creative solutions because we, we, we're willing to change how we've been doing things. Justin, I know that your parents and a part of your family is uh, Canadian, so I want to thank you for spending <laughs> a Canadian morning with us and telling us all about website building and effective life living. So I want to thank you for being here and uh, thank you for your time this morning, bud. Thanks so much. Pleasure's all mine, Kevin. Thank you. We're finished, Justin. Thanks, bud.